glad you joined us for New Hope's Sermon of the Week. For more resources, be sure to contact newhopecom.org. We hope you enjoy this week's message. So, uh, it's good to see you all. My partner in crime, Steve, is in Germany on his way back from Israel. He actually got stuck in Germany, so he's going to be there for a day. So I said, well, you might as well go explore Munich. So he might go check out Munich. Uh, But he's on his way home, missing everybody. He definitely misses being here on Sundays. But he had a really, really amazing time. I'm sure he will download with all of us. Uh, over the next few weeks, so that's exciting. So um, we are in the midst of this series called The Next Level, Walking in Your Breakthrough. And uh, it's very interesting because it, it seems like New Hope is in a very unique moment in time. Because I don't think it's very often that as a body all together, we are all individually and corporately going after something. Like, we've really put it out there and decided that we're going after something together. We had about 95 people participated in the breakthrough offering that took place a couple of weeks ago. And if you think about it, we generally, on a Sunday morning, have somewhere between 150 and 190 people here. Uh, If you subtract out the kids, there's probably about 50, 40 to 50 kids. Um, So that leaves like 120 to 140 adults, something like that. And we had 95 people participate in the Breakthrough Offering. That's an enormous percentage of us who are going after something together. Um, So this is very unique because it's, you know, people are often going through different things, but it's not often that we all together say, together we're going after our breakthrough. So this is a moment in, in time that we want to capture, and that's why we're talking about this next level, because all of us together going th- after something, we want to talk about, well, what does that look like? It's going to look different for each of us individually, but there are certain things that are going to be the same for all of us, um, and we want to talk about what that looks like for each one of us who are believing for breakthrough. We're all looking for a change, a shift to take place in our life, uh, a shift in our, in our current circumstances or in our mindsets. But in order for a change to be valuable, it needs to last. We all want to see a change that actually lasts. We don't want to succumb to defeat on Monday morning when we walk out the door and circumstances come our way that seem to be in the opposite direction of the, of the breakthrough we're believing for and we feel defeated. We don't want to see that happen. You know, can we all agree that there's times that we don't want to go after change because we don't believe that it's going to last? Think about it like if you're trying to lose weight. Well, I don't want to start this diet because I know I'm not going to stick with it, so I'm not even going to bother trying. I don't want to start exercising because it's not going to last. What's the point in just doing it a few times? You know, those are little examples, but how often are some of us not going after the change that we want because we're really not convinced that it's going to stick? The thing is that we all have a belief system that's like the command center for our thoughts and our actions. 
And in order to see a lasting change, those belief systems have to shift. We have to believe that there's going to be a change that takes place and that the change is going to stick. We're constantly getting upgrades to our belief system, especially as Christians, because Jesus is constantly upgrading our belief system. He's highlighting little lies that we're believing, and he's upgrading them. And people try to do this without God. There's people who go after a ton of self-help type things. There's a, there's a ton of TED Talks out there that talk about self-change upgrading your belief system, but it's so much easier for us when we've got Christ, because his belief system is perfect, (laughs) and he's given us the mind of Christ, and that we can make these shifts that we need to make in our belief system in order to see lasting change take place. We've got the ability to say, Jesus, what do you think about this situation? What do you believe about this situation? What do you believe about this person? What do you believe about me? All of those things, he can download his belief system into our belief system so that the changes that we see can be lasting. That's what we all want, right? So it's interesting because there are times that we're going after a breakthrough, and what actually happens is not that our circumstances change, but that our mindset changes. Can you think of a time in your life where you were believing for a change and nothing changed except the way that you think about it, your perspective on it, and all of a sudden everything became new. He can do that. Certainly there's circumstances that need to change for a lot of us. In some cases, that's not even the case. In some cases, it's our perspective that has to shift. So so we're all going after this breakthrough together. We're all going to be in different places on our journey of believing for breakthrough. I want you to be a little bit interactive with me this morning. I want to ask you this. So, those of us who are believing for a breakthrough, how many of you have seen the breakthrough come through in in completeness? Nobody yet. Oh, we got one, two, Gladys, three. Awesome. The forerunners. It's happening there. How many of you have seen a portion of your breakthrough start to come? Okay. There's a lot more hands there. How many of you haven't seen anything shift yet? All right. Do you see how we're all in different places on this, on this journey? But we're all supporting each other in our different places on this journey. And sometimes God comes through in the suddenly, and that's great, and we love that, and that's always fun and easy and something that we like to share because it's faith building. But there's a reality to the fact that a lot of us are in this waiting period, right, where we're waiting for it to happen. It requires faith. It requires patience. It requires perseverance. What about the waiting? What about those of us who are waiting for our breakthrough? There's a reality to this. There's a reality to the waiting that we all have to face. And we all want the suddenly, but that's not always the way God works. Uh, in Hebrews 11, there's, it, it talks about Abraham, and it talks about how he stepped into his breakthrough. So Abraham was promised that he would be a father to many nations, and what he was seeing in his life was not reflective of that. But it says in Hebrews 11:8 8 to 10, by faith, 
Abraham when called to go, a pla- to, go to a place that he, he would later receive as is his inheritance, his breakthrough. He obeyed and he went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. So he was looking forward towards this breakthrough, towards this promise that he had been given, and his circumstances were not reflecting a breakthrough. But he obeyed and he went, even though he didn't know where he was going. And by faith, he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. In faith, he stepped into his breakthrough, even though his circumstances didn't reflect it. In faith, he obeyed and he went, even though he felt like a stranger in a foreign country. He decided to live in the place of his breakthrough, even though he wasn't seeing it happen yet. We have a choice when we're in this time of waiting for our breakthrough. What are we gonna fill our minds with during the waiting? That's, that's a real thing that we have to deal with. Okay, we're waiting for the breakthrough. It hasn't come, and the enemy is right there to fill your mind with lies and doubt about whether or not it's coming. There's often going to be mysteries that happen in the waiting. What are we going to do with those mysteries? How are we going to navigate those mysteries? Number one, you have to allow yourself to not have all the answers. You're not going to be able to figure out what your breakthrough looks like on the other side when you're standing in the period of waiting. So we have to allow ourselves to say, okay, I don't have the answers to all of these mysteries. You have to still continue to wrap your head around who is God in the waiting. Who are you, God, in the waiting? Who are you in the mystery? Who are you while I'm surrounded by circumstances that don't look like breakthrough. This is the reality of who God is. Ready? Let's put this up, the next slide up there. I want you to see this because this is so good. God is good. That's the reality of who God is. God is good. He is outrageously good. He's not relatively good in comparison to other good things around him. He is the measurement by which all other goodness is compared. I'm gonna say that again, because this is the reality of who God is in the midst of our waiting for our breakthrough. God is good. He is outrageously good. He's not relatively good in comparison to other good things around him. He is the measurement by which all other goodness is compared. That's the truth of who he is, whether we've seen our breakthrough or whether we're waiting for our breakthrough. Colossians 1, 9 to 12, this is where Paul is talking to the church. And he's praying, and he says, we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all of his wisdom. Is this the same one? Yes, I just didn't skip the sentence. 
we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you might live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, and being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. This, pa- this sentence here that ends this passage is so important because when we're talking about the mindset that we have when we're in the midst of waiting for breakthrough, we need to have the mindset to know that he has qualified us to share in the inheritance of his holy people. When we believe that God has decided that the victory is ours, that's a mindset shift that is important to take place when you're in this period of waiting for your breakthrough. Jesus, I know that you have qualified me to share in this inheritance. I know that you are good. Those those are the truths that you stand on when there's mysteries surrounding you and when you're waiting. Another thing that happens often when we're in the midst of waiting for a breakthrough is there's a battle that takes place. We have to battle for it. So, so many of us have taken a step in, in, and taken a risk to put our breakthrough offering out there and, and started this journey of saying, God, I'm taking a risk, I'm stepping out, and I'm believing you for good things. But often there's a battle that follows that. You know, many times when you're in this time, you have this, this valid moment of questioning the call or the purpose that God's got for you. There's a reality to that. But oftentimes, this is the enemy whispering in your ear. Right after you take a risk and you're believing for breakthrough, the enemy's right there to say, I don't think this is really what God has for you. He's probably not that good. And you probably are not truly qualified to have what you've asked for. It's the small little lies that come in that we have to battle against. I want to show you this quick little video of someone who is going after their breakthrough. Watch this with me. us with us when we achieve what we're going after but we fall a lot and we have to push past and we have to have endurance and we have to have perseverance and we have to go after it 
We have to battle for it sometimes. I think children sometimes can give us such a good perspective on, on going after things that, that are hard. As adults, we, I think we question ourselves more sometimes. Uh, last year, uh, I took our kids ice skating, and Juliana had never been ice skating ever before in her life. And she, we got to the ice skating rink, and I'm trying to get my skates on and everybody else's skates on, and she's frantically trying to put her skates on, and I'm like, just wait, wait a minute, wait for me, let me get mine on, and then I'll help you. She's like, no, 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 I got it, I got it, I got it, I can do it, I can do it. If you know Juliana, it's like, I got this, Mom, I don't really need your help. I got this. <laughs> So we're heading out there, and she's never stood on ice skates before in her life, and she is like running, running ahead of all of us, trying to get onto the ice. She doesn't even think that she needs my help to support her. And I got out there with this little kid who fell 150 times, and 150 times she stood up. And she went after it over and over and over and over and over again. And she never said, well, I've never ice skated before, so I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be able to do this. She was like, let me at it, Mom. Let me at it. Let me go out there. And I actually had tears in my eyes watching this little kid just, just push past the difficulty and say, I'm going to do this. I got this. I got this. I'm going to try again. I'm going to fall, and I'm going to pick myself up. And I'm going to fall, and I'm going to pick myself up. And I'm going to fall, and I'm going to pick myself up. Sometimes it's so great to see kids display that childlike faith, to say, yeah, I may have never done this before, but I'm going to get out there, I'm going to do it. It's encouraging to us as adults. It's in, in Hebrews 11, which I've already talked about once before, but it, it's often referred to as the faith chapter. It's really a really good chapter to read if you're in this place of a believing for something, if you have to have faith for something. In, in Hebrews 11, it talks about achieving faith, and it talks about enduring faith. These are both equally beautiful gifts that we have. Like Ralph said last week, and he even said again this morning, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So if you're standing in faith, being sure of what you're hoping for, being the breakthrough that you're going after, even though you don't see it, that's faith. In Hebrews 11, there's some people who are listed in this chapter that achieved what they hoped for. It talks about Enoch, who didn't experience death. Instead, he was taken away. Achieving faith, supernatural swift breakthrough that God brought about. It talks about Noah, who saved his family for all, for, and all of the animals from a certain death. Certainly he had to battle for that, and he had to go after it, but he saw salvation come to the earth. Abraham and Sarah, the birth of Isaac in their old age, they saw it come to pass. Crossing the Red Sea, when they crossed the Red Sea and all of all the soldiers that were chasing them were overtaken. Achieving faith, like they saw what they were believing for. But then it so beautifully lists the people who were believing for something and didn't see it come to pass. Those are the people who had faith that was enduring faith, which is such a beautiful faith. It's so easy for us to want to focus on the faith that achieves 
and to not recognize the beauty in the faith that endures. It talks about those who endured jeers and flogging. Some were chained and put in prison. Some were stoned and sawed in two. They were put to death by the sword. Some went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. And these were all commended for their faith yet none of them received what had been promised. I want to commend those of you who are enduring. You know, we have these beautiful testimonies like Roseanne shared of when God came through in a moment. That's amazing. And it is faith building and it's good to share those things, but sometimes we don't get an opportunity to hear the testimonies from those who are enduring. I know so many people here who are enduring and believing for healing. I think of the beauty of Jan Nagel. What a beautiful example of enduring faith. Someone who has stood for decades believing for healing. I commend you, Jan, for the faith that you have to endure. It is such a beautiful gift that so many of us can learn from. I know so many of you who are believing for children who've walked away from the Lord, for relationships that have been broken, for marriages that are struggling. I commend you for enduring. It's a beautiful thing to endure. And sometimes that's required of us while we're waiting for our breakthrough to come. Sometimes it's longer than others. I want to talk for a second about... David and Goliath. You know, when David was fighting Goliath, he was focused on that day, that battle, that giant that was in front of him. What he didn't realize was that in that battle with Goliath, it was really happening to prepare him to be king. And sometimes we get so focused on the battle that's right in front of our face. Sometimes we get so focused on the breakthrough that we're believing for right now that we don't realize that the battle that we're fighting is really just to prepare us for what's coming. Sometimes our identity gets all wrapped up in the breakthrough that we're looking for. Sometimes our identity becomes the crisis that we're in. And that was never meant to be the case. Our identity is not in our crisis. Our identity is not in our battle. Our identity is not in our waiting. All of those things are there to prepare us for what God has for us down the line. We have to recognize that on the other side of that victory is amazing things. On the other side of that victory is a person who has been prepared for what's to come. So don't get wrapped up in your breakthrough and forget that there's so much more for you on the other side of that. The giant that you're facing, it's not about today. It's not about this moment. It's about the bigger opportunity that's coming. We're gonna fail when we're in this battle at times, but fail forward. Fail forward. Don't fail backwards. Don't fail being stuck in your seat. 
not moving anywhere because you're sitting and waiting. Fail forward. Philippians 3.13, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Jesus Christ first possessed me. No, I haven't achieved it, but I focus on this thing. I forget the past, and I look forward to what lies ahead, and I press on to reach the end of the race for which Jesus is calling us. Fail forward. Move towards it. Press on. It's worth it. I want to talk on a quick little side note here about the importance of community while we're waiting for our breakthrough. I listened to this really cool TED Talk. I want to share with you a little bit about this because it's very cool when science shows us what God planned from the very beginning. (laughs) And we have some objective data that says, yep, it's true. So this man, Robert Waldinger, he is the lead researcher for a very famous study called the Harvard Study of Adult Development. This is a very unique study because it's been happening since 1938. It's tracked the lives of 724 men for 75 years. And at this point now, it's studying the 2,000 children and grandchildren that have come from these 724 men. It's very rare to have a study like this because typically, as the researchers pass away, the study ends. The funding runs out, the study ends. The people who are involved in the study stop responding to the questionnaires, and the study ends. But this is a very, very unique one because it's been happening for 75 years. And this is the most important lesson that he shares that they have learned from this Harvard study of adult development. Good relationships keep us happier and healthier. Right there, objective data, 75 years, studying almost 3,000 people now to show us that good relationships keep us happier and healthier. Social connections are really, really good for us, and loneliness is toxic to your health. One in five Americans say that they consider themselves lonely. It's a real thing that people face. But this is the good news. This is what they found. It's not the number of friends that you have, and it's not even whether or not you're in a committed relationship. It's about the quality of the relationships that you have. The people who were most satisfied in their relationships when they were 50 were the healthiest people when they were 80. The interesting thing is that it not only protects our bodies, because it did show to make those people healthier people physically, but it also protects our brains. People who are in relationships that are supportive have memory that stays sharper longer. And it's not whether or not you argue or don't argue in your relationship. It's about whether or not you have relationships that you feel like you can depend on people when you need them. So. Moral of the story, there's no quick fix to be healthy and live a long life. It's not about your cholesterol levels and whether or not you've exercised, although those things are all good to pay attention to. It's about whether or not you have good relationships. It's important and it's worth it and it's the way God designed it to be. So when we're in this period of waiting, 
being surrounded by a community of people who believe in us and support us, it's important. And it doesn't always just happen because you show up on a Sunday morning and you sit in a chair. It happens because you make a decision to go after relationships. It happens because you pursue people. It doesn't happen because you sit back and you wait for somebody to invite you over their house for dinner. You actually go after people and you say, you know what, relationships are important to me. It's good for my health. It's good for my brain. It's good for my breakthrough. <laughs> and I'm gonna go after relationships, even if I don't feel like people are pursuing me. We're all responsible for ourselves in this. The truth is that we're not meant to walk alone. Isn't it interesting to think about the, the fruits of the Spirit that God has and has given to us? Most of them are not even needed unless you're in relationships with people. <laughs> As we're growing in the knowledge of Christ and becoming more and more like him, we're displaying more and more of those fruits. And those fruits really come in handy. <clears throat> And if you're believing for breakthrough, then the fruit that you're picking off of everybody else's branches are helping you. It's supporting you in your breakthrough. So encourage those around you. I've said before, everywhere we should go, we should have a steady stream of life-giving words that are coming out of our mouth. Every day, all the time, a steady stream of life-giving words. We shouldn't be Christians who are focusing on people's sin or faults or weaknesses. We should be encouraging people. We should be speaking things that are not as if they are, declaring the truth over people that we're surrounded with. So, in closing, I want to I talk to you about this one last thing that I think kind of hits home some of what we're talking about in this Next Level series. So I recently watched the movie Dunkirk, which was uh, one of the Academy Award nominees last year. It was a pretty fascinating movie. It, it's a documentary, well, it's not a documentary, it's an actually a movie, but it's based on a true story, um, uh, that took place in World War II. There was a battle that took place during World War II called the Battle of France. It was six weeks long, happened in May and June of 1940. There was allied soldiers that were together from uh, Belgium, the UK, and France that were fighting in this battle of France in the northern part of France, and they found themselves surrounded by German armies. There was 400,000 allied troops that were completely surrounded by German troops with a very dire situation that looked like there was nowhere for them to go. So obviously the Allied forces wanted to evacuate these 400,000 people from this beach in Dunkirk. And it proved to be very, very difficult because if you're already surrounded by German troops and they know that you're all there, then you're kind of a bunch of sitting ducks. And even the Allied forces trying to come and evacuate 400,000 people would find that they would get one of their ships into the port and the Germans would bomb the ship. Or they'd even get it into the ship, they would load up thousands of men onto the ship, then they'd bomb the ship. And it happened over and over and over again. And it was looking so dire. 
how are we possibly gonna get 400,000 men out from this port when the Germans know they're there and they're bombing us every opportunity we get to try to evacuate them? On day one of the evacuation, they were able to save 7,000 people. Okay, that's great, but there's 400,000 there to be saved. So that's not gonna work. So what are they gonna do? Well, it was very interesting the way they decided to approach this. They contacted pe people who owned small ships in the United Kingdom, and they asked everyone who had a ship, whether it was a fishing vessel or a private yacht or a small ship or a merchant vessel, and said, please, please, please help us and take your small ships to the port of Dunkirk and save these 400,000 men. So the Navy went and they were scouring the boats that were uh, tied up along the Thames River. And they, and they were able to find 800 boats. However, they didn't have the ability to staff every one of the boats with soldiers. So a lot of the boats were staffed by civilians who took their ship and risked their lives to get out there and go save these 400,000 men. Well, eight days later, 338,000 men were rescued and evacuated from that port. And it wasn't done in the way that you think. It wasn't done in the way that you think that breakthrough would have happened. Because you would have thought, well, just send in the big ships and get as many of them out as you could, except that wasn't the way it worked. It happened in a way that wasn't expected. I want to show you this video, it's about three minutes long, of the scene of when these 800 small ships arrived to evacuate these men. Your breakthrough is not always going to arrive in the way that you think it will. God's bringing about your breakthrough 
but you have to be prepared to see it come. Not in the way that you picture it in your mind, although sometimes that happens, but it might come looking very different from what you originally thought. But the reality is that God is good. He's outrageously good. He's not relatively good in comparison to other good things around him. He's the measurement by which all good things are compared. Your breakthrough is coming. It often will require faith to endure, patience, perseverance. Make a choice to fill your mind with the truth while you're in the waiting. It'll often require a battle, but please don't get caught up in the battle and think that that's what it's all about. The battle is only to prepare you for what's coming. It's about the bigger opportunity that awaits all of us on the other side. Please stand with me, we're gonna pray. Jesus, we join together, we link arms, and we stand together as a body who is together going after breakthrough. We believe that you are good. You are so outrageously good. And even when we're waiting, and our circumstances don't look like the breakthrough is coming, we stand on the truth that you are good. And we ask God that you would open our eyes to see the breakthrough come, even when it doesn't come the way we think it's gonna come. Open our eyes to see the kisses from a good father who's gonna kiss us all along the way, even while we're waiting for the breakthrough. And thank you, God, that you strengthen us for the battle, that you've given us all that we need, and that we can see this battle from a place of victory. So just like Abraham, we choose to obey and to go and to live in that place. Even if we feel like aliens in the land, we choose to live on the other side of the battle. We choose to live on the other side knowing that the victory has come, even when we don't see it. And I thank you, God, that you are bringing about breakthrough. You are bringing about breakthrough. You are bringing about breakthrough in each one of our lives. And we stand on that truth, and we hold up each other's arms, and we speak encouragement into each other's hearts. And we surround ourselves with friends who love us and support us and speak truth into our reality. That even when our circumstances don't look like you're doing it, God, thank you for friends that speak the truth into our reality. Thank you, God, for community. And thank you for this very special moment in time when we as a church family are going after it together. Thank you, God, for the testimonies that have come. Thank you, God, for the testimonies that will come. 
For those who are believing for financial breakthrough, we ask for the breaker anointing to come and bring it, God. Bring about money that we didn't even know existed. Bring about accounts that we didn't even know we had. Bring about new job opportunities. Bring about the boldness to pursue the things that seem too difficult. For those of us who are believing for breakthrough in relationships, God, I pray that you would soften the hearts of those involved, that you would bring about forgiveness where forgiveness is needed, that you would minister to people in their, in their relationships, that you would draw hearts together. We call back the prodigals in Jesus' name. We call you home. We call you home and we, we remind you that you are so loved. You are so loved and there's nothing that you have done that could make us love you less. We love you with the heart of the Father who loved us. And we call you home and we tell you it's safe. And we choose to be safe for you. We choose to not look at your faults and your mistakes and your weaknesses, but we choose to see you from the love of a father who welcomed back his prodigal son and said, I don't care what you've done. I just love you and I want to celebrate you. Help us to be that person for them, Jesus. And for those who are believing for healing, we call forth healing right now in Jesus' name. We pray for bodies to be made whole in Jesus' name. For those who have endured, we commend you for your endurance and we call forth the breakthrough that you are believing for. Jesus, we pray for healing to come right now in Jesus' name. You are good and you are a good father and you don't want us to be sick. That is not your desire. That is not your plan for our lives. You do not call us to suffer for the sake of suffering. You want to bring healing, so we call it forth right now. We ask for physical healing. And for those who need emotional and mental healing, we call forth your breakthrough. And we ask for mindsets to be shifted in Jesus' name. We ask for lies to be broken in Jesus' name. We ask for chemical imbalances to be balanced right now in Jesus' name. And we break off depression, and we break off anxiety, and we break off trauma. And we ask you, God, to reverse those traumatic memories that have happened in people's minds. We break it off in Jesus' name, and we speak wholeness to your mind. We speak wholeness to your mind. Wholeness to your mind. That the pain that is associated with the trauma that you experienced would be broken off. And it would be nothing but a memory of the pain. Jesus, we believe in you. And we call forth things that are not as though they are. And we declare from a place of victory that our breakthrough has come. Thank you, God, that you are so good. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for listening to this week's message. Feel free to contact us for further resources at newhopecom.org.